Welcome to a happy holiday podcast, but evil. I'm Doug Leaf. I'm Dan Oster. And uh, we are having our little holiday soiree as people are over, they're sipping eggnog and uh, putting up ornaments and doing whatever it is you goyim do on the holiday. <laughs> but uh, we've got a roasting, uh, a roaring fire going. Jack Frost is nipping at our noses. And uh, we've got some friends over to help us celebrate here on our Christmas special. Uh, Dan, you want to, uh, I'll throw it to you to introduce everybody. Ah, yes. Uh, so uh, join us here in our cozy little uh, podcast, but evil studio. We have a couple of returning guests. Uh, first up, uh, you know her from Coming Out with Lauren and Nicole, her own very successful podcast. Lauren Flans is here. <laughs> Hold on a minute. Oh, hi, Dan. Sorry. I was just chatting with one of the many uh, party guests at this soiree. <laughs> oh, yes. Hello. Very nice. Hello. So happy to be here. <laughs> Glad you can make time uh, over here in this uh, yes. part of the living room. Uh, yes. And also in this other corner of the living room uh, from Freestyle Love Supreme and the Amber Ruffin Show, and of course his own podcast, Brothers from Another Planet. Please welcome Tarek Davis. No, I'm serious. The Kwanzaa Bear is the official uh, mascot for the Kwanzaa holiday. Oh, hey. <laughs> oh, hello. Good to see you. I'm happy to be here. Yeah, do you need a, a refresher on your eggnog? Or are you are you good? <laughs> oh, I think I've had more than enough. Okay. <laughs> those are those are yeah, I actually knocks, hit I... his keys. We're all sort of worried about Tarek. <laughs> <laughs> Just the sugar rush. Well, like Dean Martin, you know? I'm going to start singing soon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're liable to do that anyway. Um, so, well, thanks for joining us. This was Doug's uh, master plan this whole thing. Yeah, so what I decided we would do for a, uh, a Christmas-themed episode, uh, rather than do one single Christmas villain, I thought what we would do is have this as kind of a secret Santa, and each of us has please, Doug, come up please, with— Please, a secret Satan. Excuse me, secret Satan. Uh, ha- we've come up with a secret uh, Satan villain for each other, and so we'll be unwrapping them. And so none of us know what the other villains are, and we'll just be uh, going through uh, all four of these, and uh, we're just going to learn about these people that plague Christmas every year. So I'm not sure <laughs> or, who we should... Or whatever holiday you celebrate around this time of year. Oh, Dan, that's so kind of you to, to throw that in there. I, I, did, I did at least look around for some Hanukkah villains. It's not easy. Yeah, well, no, it's, it's There's not. one. There's one. We have, we've got one. <laughs> we do? We have, well, there's the villain from the actual historical Hanukkah, which right. is it was, uh, Antiochus of Greece. Oh, Antiochus, yeah. yeah. And I, the but guy I was Maccabees like, that's not... Fought. All right. And, uh, this but is, it, it wasn't we are... that fun. I looked it up and I was like, is, is this maybe? And I was like, no. No, it's not fun. It was like an actual war. People died. It's no. our religion, Dan. Just and then respect. I looked up uh, uh, the Adam Sandler film, Eight Crazy Nights. I thought, <laughs> Does he have that at a villain? It's just Lorne Michaels <laughs> like, take, <laughs> taking all of the back end from that movie. <laughs> 
So yeah, Doug. So uh, that's right. So we've everyone here has brought in a a villain. They've also secretly got. Uh, they were assigned somebody, uh, uh, their own secret Satan. So everyone has a name here in this group, and so when it's their turn, they will present their their villain uh, to the recipient. Ideally, somebody that they might be interested in hearing about, or maybe already have an interest in. I don't know. It's however people wanted to interpret it, and then we have a little time to kind of dig in on a, in a mini in a mini episode on each one of them as we kind of go through and uh, shout out to Doug's wife Amy who helped uh, <laughs> coordinate this so that we didn't bring in the same villains right we didn't it's not oops all the Grinch this time so. <laughs> right <laughs> that's so, definitely the last you, Amy. the last minute gift purchase oops, of this podcast would be like I don't know the Grinch <laughs> Yeah, I got my villain at Rite Aid at like two in the morning before the party. <laughs> All right, Doug. So, right. Uh, how do you? Why don't you? Uh, why don't you handle how we start? All right, uh, I, I'll just uh, throw it. I, I guess, uh, Lauren. Why don't we start with you? Oh my gosh. Okay, so I say who my who my person is, and then I say my villain. Yeah, yeah you literally right. just explained that. I'm also <laughs> drunk on eggnog. Um, yeah, I heard it. <laughs> Um, okay, well, my secret uh, Satan is Tarek. Oh, yeah. Who I haven't seen in a million years. And so the one that I wanted to do, and I almost Wait, give it, get, You got to give it to him so he can open it up. Give him oh, gift. okay. Oh, my God. That was that was really close. Here. Um, <laughs> this feels like we're doing a corporate. I give you <laughs> one present. Oh, okay. <laughs> yes. And... <laughs> <laughs> and I can shape it. Oh God! <laughs> oh. Mm. oh wow! I'm opening. Oh oh, this is. Oh, I know exactly what this is. You sure do. Uh, but I'll I'll tell the listening audience. Uh, so Tarek has just unwrapped a beautiful box of Hans Gruber, um, who I know was mentioned in the email, and so I almost didn't want to do it. But he's the one and it's Tarek who was like how do you not give an action movie villain to Tarek so also it's like one of the few uh, by the way I love that your your holiday special is 50% Jews so Hans Gruber <laughs> is at least a villain who I know <laughs> you, he's German is that the other you never have enough Hans Grubers it, that's true I mean this was the Christmas gift I wanted Oh, I knew it. I hope And it was fits. under ten dollars. The Hans Gruber skin suit <laughs> I bought you. Yeah, no, it's totally uh, you know, let me uh yeah, it fits. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I you know, I think I'm a I'm a passing uh, you know, Alan Rickman. And, I was gonna yeah, say you're a size I, Rickman. <laughs> you pass. It, you can it pass. Is. As it's a, a tribute. <laughs> this is my years late, I think it's about four years late tribute to Alan Rickman. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love Hans Gruber, if anything, just because he is a bearded villain. Oh, yeah. Bearded villain. And, yeah. You know, more. Are they underrepresented bearded villains? Oh, yeah. Well, no, most are bearded because this is a thing. But who <laughs> looks to be bearded as ah. is that is another class. Of- it is true, you know, because I, obviously I did the Google search on Christmas villains and he came up and I was so like, did I. he looks. <laughs> He looks good. Hans Gruber, Gruber looks good. <laughs> we yeah, should, Alan we should, uh, yeah. Handsome man. I was going to say, if we haven't laid it out yet, Hans Gruber is the villain from Die Hard. Oh, yeah, of sorry. Course. I just assume everyone knows. Yes, villain from Die Hard. And I come down very strongly on the 
Die Hard is, in fact, a Christmas movie side. And not in a, like, yeah, not in a, like, oh, I'm going to be controversial way. It's just, to me, it's like, it's so a Christmas. The inciting, it, like, it could not exist were there not a Christmas party. So I'm like, this is fundamentally a Christmas movie. And I made Dan watch it at Christmas one You year. made Launching me watch it. Yeah, you really twisted my arm. I made you watch Die Hard. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's so much a Christmas movie that when they made Die Hard 2, they had to set it at Christmas and have the characters go, basically say, my goodness, how could this happen twice? You know, they they oh, had ew. to do it. I've no, I have to be honest, I've never seen Die Hard 2. I love the, I love Die Hard with a Vengeance. Yeah. Never seen Die Hard 2. I heard it was it would make me sad because it's very bad. So I never saw uh, that. De- Dennis Franz kind of owns that movie. Yeah. And uh, he's the classic, uh, not a villain, but like he's the guy, like the perfect reverse barometer that they put into action movies. Like no matter what he says, like, I got this. We should go over here. Nope. Then the villains are going to be over there. Like he's wrong every time. Yeah, Die Hard 2 is a bad Oh, okay. They're redeemable. Like, you know, John Amos is in it. Oh. It's, not, it's a de-heightening. Okay, yeah. Yeah, maybe I should see it one day. I don't know. It's not as good as the first. The first, like, none of them are as good as the first. Yeah, I love the third one, though. I think the third is a really great movie. The first is the best. But I love the third. Yeah, I mean, it's so... And then the fourth I saw most of on a plane. So probably not, like, the best judge of it. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But, Doug, I'm so sorry. Am I, like, tangenting us? Am I supposed to be leading some Hans Gruber discussion? (laughs) Well, did you do any homework when you... Or are you just going off of your basic... Oh, I don't need to do the homework. I'm a big diehard Hans Gruber fan. I mean, yeah. So he's... The best thing about him is his accent is absolutely... It's... It cannot be traced to any country he is supposed to be german his accent is not in that movie it's all over the place it's glorious i love when he uh, he drops into like a southern accent or something he makes like a phone call and pretends to be someone else and so you've got like british alan rickman doing a german character imitating someone from the south He's and what comes out is beautiful. yeah it's incomprehensible it's magic um, <laughs> chef's Derek kiss is, from terror yeah chef's kiss yes <laughs> yeah but yeah, I don't know. I wanted to pick him because he's he's the best, and I'm sure Tarek has many. I would imagine has many feelings about him. Do you want to share some feelings? <laughs> some Hans Gruber memories for Hans Gruber, um, specifically Alan Rickman. He's one of my favorite actors. R.I.P. Absolutely. Uh, but that role, as you, it's one of the the thing that makes I feel Die Hard so compelling. Is because you're rooting for both mm. villain and the hero. Absolutely. So true. I don't, I can't watch that movie and still not hope that, like, these are both funny, charismatic, charming guys. Get it? Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, tell stories. That's all. <laughs> still expecting, like, when he reaches behind him and, like, you know, pulls the gun with the one bullet, that it's a thumb. <laughs> 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 you know, it's interesting, Tarek, that you said that, like, you're rooting for both of them, because as you said that, I kind of realized, like, yeah, from John McClane's point of view, it's an action movie uh, where he's, you know, he's a one man army against a threat. From Hans Gruber's point of view, it's a heist movie. Right. And yeah. you're sort of rooting for him to pull off the heist yes. in Nakatomi Plaza. He, I don't think there's any point in Die Hard where you, like, hate Alan Rickman. Like, you can, no, be, the real you can hate villain... the German henchmen and be happy when they get killed, but, like, you're never annoyed at Alan Rickman. Man, he's great. The real villain of Die Hard is the 1%. 
Ooh, hot take. <laughs> I would even say the real villain is like geopolitical bullshit. Like Hans mm. Gruber was a ter- like was involved in some terrorism in his youth, and then was just like, "I'm over this." Like they established his background as like doing all this stuff in Europe, and then he's mm. just like, "Nah, I'm just trying to get rich, man." Yeah, he's you know just what? playing the game. What I like about uh, the third die, see the second one, Die Hard, as we've established, is it's just silly. It's like a gypsy put a curse on. I'm sorry, aroma put a curse on uh, on uh, John McClane to have the worst Christmases of his life from now on. Uh, it doesn't make any sense. But the third one, they did something smart, right? They they brought in Simon Gruber, Love right? Love it. Love and, it. And so he's the brother of Hans Gruber. But you don't he- find that out until like way way late, right? But but what's cool about it is you think, oh, it's a, okay, it's revenge. He wants revenge for the death of his brother. But then you learn that he, no, that's a that's a smokescreen. He doesn't give a shit about Hans. I know the family. <laughs> <laughs> Come out of the coast. It'll be great. Why have you left? Uh, but, uh, but yeah, it, I think that's so brilliant that, that they make you think, oh, okay, I get it. I know what this is. It's a vengeance thing. And then he's like, why would I, no, why would I do this whole elaborate thing just because my brother who was an asshole got killed? Yeah. It's great. Uh, and he says that. And there, it's it's a shame that they let those movies uh, become the generic action movies that they have become. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I love, I, I have a strong love for that whole crew, that movie direction. But Alan Rickman is the secret sauce. Uh, 100%. Yeah, I, it does work in, like, the third movie. I mean, you get Jeremy Irons, who's like, yeah, we got it. He's great, yeah. Uh, you need, it takes the edge, the rough edge off of the uber-masculine American action movie by having the smooth, intellectual European. Yeah. Uh, I'm smarter than you. I'm really over this. I have really good bone structure. <laughs> yeah. I have feathery hair. Proper, di- like, amazing diction. Uh, you know, uh, I, I really think that, and, like, impeccably dressed. Can we talk mm-hmm. about that? Because <laughs> you look at men in the 80s. I look at, I'm a, I'm a fashion guy. I look at a lot of, I like to look at fashion through the decades. I'm sorry, Lauren. I hope, I'm, am I eating up your... No, this is your present. <laughs> I'm going to talk you to play nonstop with through my present. No one else can talk when I get my present. He is an impeccably dressed villain. And it's one of my favorite things of, like, how is the villain dressed? Because there's a temptation. You know, your villain should uh, serve some form of temptation. And for me, uh, I'd be a good guy up until I see the suit. I'm like, <laughs> I mean, the tailor, guys. Look at John McClane's got no shoes. That guy he doesn't even have shoes on. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> he's a sharp dressed man. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's, I'm sure that that was definitely done as a visual contrast, especially by the end when he's got like a, a dirty tank top, you know, and everything. That's all he's got left, and and uh, yeah, he's wearing uh, Armani. I don't know. <laughs> can't stop Chef kissing the absolutely <laughs> enough. Uh, Doug, oh, it looked like you did a magic trick. Yeah, seriously, that uh, I thought you fell in a wormhole. No, it's, uh, where the room where I'm recording, there is a a light that's on a timer and a sensor. So I've been sitting pretty still, and every once in a while, lights go out. Oh, so. Jesus, yep, spooky, spooky. Yep. 
Yeah, it's just a, one of the spooky little things we like to do here on podcasts. But <laughs> <laughs> all your visual spookiness. <laughs> yeah. Well, in this medium, I'm sorry. Let me, I'll say mm-hmm. uh, another reason why this is such a joyful gift. You welcome. Is because the criminals led by Hans Gruber are joyful themselves. And yeah, they're fun. They're fun. They're having a great time robbing the Nakatomi building. <laughs> is toast like <laughs> they have themselves an yeah, RV <laughs> that guy is happy and that means good management mm-hmm. <laughs> not only a masterful he's a good boss everyone's loving him they're still in baby Ruth candy bars they're having a great time <laughs> here for yeah, they got uh, they got that one guy. I forget that actor's name. Is it like Goodenough? Who who's like a he was like a ballet dancer. Oh yeah, there's a yeah. straight up ballet dancer in there. Yeah, they got a they got a whole mess of talent on that team. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And correct me if I'm wrong, but wasn't this Alan Rickman's first film role? Isn't it might that have been. like yeah? I'm I'm ninety percent sure I'm right about that. Um, and he just fucking. Kills it. Like, you think he was like he was like uh, on the phone with his parents or something. He was like, "Look, um, I booked. I'm, I'm in a movie. Like, don't get excited. <laughs> it's like I'm just the main bad guy. <laughs> I'm die Hard. Oh, and this is okay. I'm every if you've ever been on Wikipedia or IMDb, you know this fun fact. But just in case you don't, it's such a great fun fact that everyone should know. So I'll repeat. So the scene where spoiler alert, where um, he's holding uh, where Bruce Willis is uh you know holding him like to try to save his life and then alan rickman like his hand slips and and he falls presumably to his death but we don't know we never see it (laughs) i think it's pretty at this point it's safe to say (laughs) that's only like 40 floors he could so the way that he can do anything so so for (laughs) that shot it's like actually a stunt guy is holding him and he's only falling like you know like six feet onto like i don't know a fucking trampoline or whatever probably not a trampoline (laughs) whatever something soft but so the way the director got the shot he wanted was he told um he told alan rickman who again alan rickman first movie he told alan rickman so on the count of three the stunt guy is gonna let go of your hand and you're gonna drop and then he told the stunt guy let him go when i count two and so that's which is really abusive thing to do to an actor like don't do this if you're a director listening don't do that that's shitty but that his face in that shot is legit because he's fucking scared because he got dropped earlier than he thought he was gonna so the other version of that that i know is in psycho apparently um alfred hitchcock uh turned the hot water to cold (gasps) water right when she was in the shower i believe Unless I'm oh my god i would fucking if anyone did that to me you know how i feel about cold that's a yeah. fucking lawsuit. Alfred Hitchcock yeah. had some issues. Yeah, he did some <laughs> terrible shit. Also to Tippi Hedren and the birds, he just drove her crazy. Like, I don't think it was anything specific. I think he was just like, I'm going to fuck this chick up for the rest of her life. And he did. He's a villain. Let's do Alfred Hitchcock as a villain. <laughs> think outside <laughs> we get the to box. Can <laughs> uh, I just say one more thing on Die Hard? Because I think we have a couple of minutes left if we want. Uh, that it, I just like that it's a soft spinoff of, or prequel or spinoff? Prequel to Family Matters. <laughs> oh, yeah. I love that theory. I love that. Yeah. It's a prequel, 100%. Yeah. With uh, Carl Winslow there before he. Uh, yeah. Here's a little known fact about the prequel. <laughs> 
So we know uh, in Die Hard, we know uh, Officer Winslow because that's his name. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That is his, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he leaves it all behind him in Los Angeles when he moves to Chicago. Chicago, yeah. Chicago, rents a family. This is canon. <laughs> That's his witness protection family. Yeah, it's his witness protection family. And, and then this kid, this nerdy but smart kid in glasses comes and looks just like the kid he murdered. <laughs> See, okay. What if... Here's here's my head cannon. My my head cannon is it's not a prequel, it's a sequel. And that he murdered Steve Urkel and had to run to Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so he murders him and he plays it off as like, oh God, the worst moment of my career. I accidentally shot, but he really it's actually a brilliant alibi that he constructed. Right, because the question is, did I do that? Right. Yes. (laughs) He did. uh, I saw a kid. It was dark. He had a time machine. (laughs) (laughs) And that kid wasn't human. Wow. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Maybe he's the father. Yeah, he's the father being like, stop fucking sexually harassing my teenage daughter. And then he snaps and kills him. Oh, I like that. Mm. I like both versions. And then the sequel... Uh, Urkel's clone, <laughs> Stefan Urkel. Stefan, yeah, nice. Stefan <laughs> seems like he's seeking revenge, but he didn't really like Urkel. Uh, Stefan Urkel is the Jeremy Irons of the Family Matters universe. Absolutely. That's what we're saying. Let's play a little game of Stefan says. <laughs> <laughs> well, right, I think we uh, broke it wide open. Very nice. Uh, what a lovely and thoughtful gift. So, Tarek, you have the the secret Satan uh, conch. Oh, all right. Well, first, let me say thank you so much. I really enjoy my Alan Rickman Hans Gruber skin suit. Oh, <laughs> I'm so glad. Um, I'm giving my secret Santa gift to Doug. Okay, cool. I'm excited. Right, so, Doug, so, Doug, here, you take it, hold it. Feel the weight of it. Okay, I got. Yeah, it, well, you can show it to everybody. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love the wrapping. Ooh, nice that's job. That's a big one. I, yeah. I take in consideration your profession. Uh <laughs> oh. Well, as I know Dan and Lauren, but I was happy to try to get to know you through this gift. Cool. Well, let's let's crack this open and see what's inside. Yeah. Wow, it's big. It's right. a lot of paper. <laughs> I, I, I love it. Uh, it's it's perfect for me. I, I, I think, yeah. Let me uh, let me just slip it on and see if it fits. Very Another cool. It's an old man Potter smoking jacket. Oh. Ooh, ooh! I do loves me some savings and loans. Ah! Uh, so uh, this is great. It's old man Potter. This is. Uh, th- I do have a weird connection. So we should say, uh, Mr. Potter, of course, the the villain from It's a Wonderful Life. Mm. Uh, and he, uh, I have a weird semi-connection to this because when I was in law school, I got an internship with RKO. Uh, and it is like a shell of what it used to be. But that's the film company that made it. They once upon a time made King Kong and a bunch of other stuff. And this was obviously one of the jewels in their catalog. And because I am Jewish, I didn't get to see the movie until much that's later in me life. Me too. I was 
going to say, I saw yeah. it like six years ago for the first right. time in my life. And I, I finally Secretly got around, I'm like, well, I should watch this. Yeah. And I was like, this is a great movie. This is really well made. What Jimmy Stewart is uh, is an American hero. So thank you. I, I, I feel like Mr. Potter is like, he's, he's such the perfect villain for like a 1950s Christmas movie. Like he is, you know, there's almost nothing redeeming about him either. Like it's pure selfishness, selfishness all the way down. Well, I'll tell you who disagrees with you. <gasps> J. Edgar Hoover and the FBI. Hey, call back to a previous, a no. previous episode, Webheads of Podcast But Evil. See our Black Lives Matter special where we talked what about J. Edgar Hoover. What is happening right now? <laughs> Dead serious. I'm dead serious. Uh, he did, was Mr. Potter called before the House on American Activities Committee? What the? What happened? Is he a communist? The actors, uh, along with Frank Capper, director of uh, It's a Wonderful Life, they were all put on a, a list. What? The uh, uh, because um, J. Edgar Hoover and the FBI, which was J. Edgar Hoover at the time, they felt that uh, Henry F. Potter, old man Potter was the hero in representing (laughs) (laughs) of Bedford Falls and, uh, you know, building and loans. They were communists. And and this was one of the tricks that they would use to turn sympathies against a smart capitalist businessman like old man Potter. Mm. Oh, my God. That is so fucking dumb and so similar to what's happening right now. It's like the most depressing thing. Well, it's like uh, happiest season is going to make us all gay, right? I I wish. Well, I mean, not you guys. No, not invested in. I know that you're a lawyer, Doug, Mm -hmm. and uh, you know, Old Man Potter is not a lawyer, but there's a lot of litigious stuff going on in this movie. Um, Yeah, I mean the movie. The movie is a lot about just how the system and life can break a person. Uh, I mean, literally, that is the point of the movie that Jimmy Stewart is, you know, about to commit suicide and is, you know, talked out of it. Uh, and can I just but, say about that too? What I love about that is like you know most Christmas movies, especially now that there's like 200 a year on Netflix, you know their problems are pretty slight. But this movie, he's about to kill himself. Yeah, when I saw this movie, and I was like, "You people watch this every year at Christmas? That's so fucked up." Like you watch this with your family? That's fucking weird to me <laughs> as a Jew. Anyway, go on. Sorry. Weird to me as a black man. Um, I'm just like, what's going on in this town? This y'all need to talk about this shit. That dude is the devil. Clearly the devil, right? <laughs> I'm dead serious though. I think old man Potter is the devil. Um, and I think like the whole oh I had polio, just like Mitch McConnell. I don't believe Mitch McConnell is an actual um, human being like the rest of us. Yeah, I think that's only there. because he's some sort of purple decay. Yeah, he's literally <laughs> shedding his like person skin be- in front of our face. Absolutely, and you know the film cuts off before we get to see that happen to Old Man Potter. Mm. <laughs> Does not really get his up and comments in this film. There's a post credit sequence where he takes his face off. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get you next time. <laughs> uh, 
There was. Did you ever see that SNL sketch, by the way? Like yeah, where SNL, they beat the shit out of Yeah, him. like all <laughs> SNL sketches, it's like funnier when you talk about it than when you go back and actually watch it. But that was like, I think that was the sketch. It was like from the 90s and it was like, hey, I just oh, He's Dana Carvey, right? Yeah, I just remembered. I yeah. left the money with, uh, with Old Man Potter and they just go and like kick his ass. That's pretty funny. But I thought, you know, what better villain for the to mark the end of 2020? Yes. Yeah, he is, you know, they're, yeah. The righteous lawyer. Uh, then Old Man Potter. So I hope you enjoy it. No, I do. I I, I appreciate it. I think that's a really thoughtful gift. And I think that uh, as of, of a villain, I should say. Um, and I think Mr. Potter is a very 2020 villain. Yeah. And maybe that's be- just because, as we've been talking, we've had a whole lot of the 1950s and not the good part coming back at us lately. Um, but he represents... Uh, you know, he represents a form of kind of virulent capitalism that is devoid of any sense of obligation to the community, of you know, just just our fellow humanity, and that really bumps up against all of the the usual like spirit of Christmas philosophy. Like it's all about you know peace on earth, goodwill towards men, and Mister Potter feels none of that at all. Mm-mm. Yeah, he sucks. He sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that was such a sincere moment for me. Go ahead. He does suck. I mentioned the, the similarity between him and Mitch McConnell. They both, and who were both, you know, and this isn't to make fun of the ailment of polio, but um, I do wonder, I, you know, we live in this, we're living in this reality and we're living under, you know, uh, you know, this dark moment that is the pandemic um, and a dysfunctional government without a leader. But it's funny realizing, like, is there some sort of connection or bridge between the two in the sense of a bitterness by being struck at such a young age by something that uh, that could possibly have killed them and then turned them against the, the rest of humanity of just like, you know, because the thing about Mitch McConnell is he went to, um, what, Spring, Spring Falls? Uh, what's it called? Uh, Roosevelt's. The Rehabilitation Center for Children. I knew literally none of this. This is crazy to me. This is when the extra-dimensional aliens swapped him out. Dude, this is... happened? Holy shit. I try to know as little as I can about Mitch McConnell, which is why I don't know this, but holy shit. What a... Oh, God. He was really from Alabama. As a child, had polio. Now I feel like... You know how everyone is... Sorry, I keep interrupting. I was just going to say, you know how everyone's like... The lame take is like, oh, we're like the world's diverged in 2016 and we're in the wrong timeline where Trump was like, no, now I feel like the real timeline is where Mitch McConnell fucking dies of polio. That's the, that's where we went off on the wrong fucking timeline. It's not 2016. So whenever that guy was a kid, he didn't die because he was so he was saved by social services. He was saved. Uh. By <laughs> the U.S. government's initiative to cure polio. Um, I forget. And it's spring. My my nephew went there. Um, They help children or young adults with disabilities. And he was saved as a young Alabama boy from the South um, and then has dedicated his life seemingly to doing the opposite. And I wonder, since we don't really have an origin story for Old Man Potter, (laughs) is is there a link there? Is there a. They hate everybody. Here's the link that I see. Uh, The link is, I think if you're very young 
and you are forced to come to terms with your own mortality mm. before you're old enough to handle it. Yeah. I feel like there's a little bit of a break that happens where maybe you just say, you know what? Now I'm I my worldview is Someday I'm going to die, and therefore I'm going to just try and get whatever the fuck I want before Ew. I get before I kick off and everybody else be damned. I have a different interpretation. It's that he's angry and vengeful that he was rescued, and he would have rather left this horrible place. But now he's mad, and he's going to have his vengeance for being— It's like it reminds me of that line from Tombstone or something where he says— this, he's like, it's like he wants vengeance or something. Like, vengeance for what? For being born, yeah. I, yeah, I mean, what yeah. it really reminds you of, Dan, is um, <clears throat> season six of Buffy, where she's in heaven and her friends don't realize she's in heaven. They bring her back to life, and then she's like, oh, fuck, I was in heaven. Spoiler alert. Sorry, I should have spoiler tagged. <laughs> <laughs> now, just imagine Mitch McConnell being like, you guys, I was in heaven. Guys, I was in heaven, and you fucking cured my polio. Oh. And then we get the musical <laughs> the episode with Mitch McConnell. <laughs> yeah. I think a combination of both. I also think there's a, uh, I don't know, who is it? Uh, who is the senator that just retired? Lamar Alexander. Alexander and uh, and Mitch McConnell shed tears. Mm. Um, that was weird. Genuine tears at seeing this horrible senator who did nothing um, leave the Senate floor. And I think, I think he's a very scared. Hey, buddy, that's my cat. Oh, my God. <laughs> I was trying to figure out who had a cat. <laughs> Got a lot to say. I know. Yeah. When Mitch McConnell cried on the floor, it sounded a little something. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I think Mitch McConnell is, um, I think he's really scared. And, like, the way he treated Obama, the way he's setting up, the way he treated contrast with Donald Trump and the way he cried. I'm like, this is a person that does not like change, hates change, hates anything that is new and represents newness. And whatever happened to him at a young age, like he like he probably had a teddy bear or something. He has something that he won't let go of. He cannot let go of the past. And so when he sees remnants of the past, no matter how horrible, like Trump or Senator Lamar Alexander, he can't let go of it. He can't embrace the future. That's what was, that's what died instead of him. It died, uh, his ability to accept change and forward forwardness. I think that's what he is. I, I'm always sort of fascinated by these guys who get to the, essentially the end of their life, like the last years. Dick Cheney's another one to me, where they're just like, God, you're still evil. You're not having that moment where you go like, I better clean it up right before I go. And I don't really know how that happens, but I sort of feel like, yeah, after a lifetime of being afraid and and like and 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 doing your best to kind of you know live in that mindset, you just don't know anything else. Mm-mm. And it's reinforced by everybody you're around. Like he's not around someone who's just like you're a grim dude. Like, <laughs> his wife is a you know uh, I hate to say it, but she's probably a Chinese spy. Like. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> what an odd insult. That is for... not where I thought that sentence was going to go. <laughs> Neither did I. Her, what is it? Her father-in-law or her father like runs is like secret is like runs tra- transportation or she does uh, runs shipping. She runs tra- transportation, but she her father or father-in-law runs 
like a huge shipping business in China that's linked to the government. And- Ladies and gentlemen, I got to tell you, my wife, she's a real Chinese spy. <laughs> I, think, I think she's a spy for the Chinese government. Well, I never heard that. I like that theory. Uh, there's some shady deals between what she's doing as Secretary of Transportation and her relations in China. I know, and like, it went away very quickly. It was in the news, like, in the first four years, like, first hundred days of Trump's, anyway. Hmm. Well, just to sort of bring it back to to Mr. Potter, I, I think, now, you know, that, this is, by the way, the, this the, is all true, the, all, this is also true of Potter. Everything we said about McConnell, we've decided right. is also the backstory for Potter. So his he wife, does Chinese he have, spy. Is he like a widower or something? I can't remember him. Is he, does he like not have a family or whatever? Not that we see, I don't think. Does he have like um, a manservant or a butler or something? No. Okay. All we know is he's confined to a wheelchair, and the only person that is his closest to his family is his wordless assistant. Okay, he does have like a Smithers. Uh, he has like a flunky. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Burns has yeah. to have been somewhat inspired by this character. Oh, I, I'm sure if we look for it, there's Simpsons bits where Burns is literally cast, you know, saying things that Mr. Potter says in that movie or, or is referenced in some way. Um, but uh, I'm sorry, yeah. they're actually uh, Mr. Uh, Mr. Potter inspired the voice of mad scientist Simon Bar Sinister. And, hmm. uh, and yeah, he definitely drew uh, that was in the underdog cartoon. I'm sorry. Oh. So drew inspiration for Mr. Burns. So you're absolutely. Oh, there you go. Oh, okay. Thank you very much. Doing a little research for us on this. Well, Mr. Burns, if there's a character that's rich and not very nice, it, that DNA goes into Mr. Burns somewhere for sure. Um, I I do think what's interesting about Mr. Potter in this particular movie um, uh, is you know the whole movie, the spine of it is about George Bailey. Uh, Patrick, or not Patrick Stewart, Jimmy Stewart's character. <laughs> Make it so. Very uh, I never knew I yeah. had so many friends. That I'm going to jump off this bridge. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we find out it's all on the holodeck at the end, yeah. Um, so, uh, no, but what Jimmy Stewart's character is revealed to be a hero to the town, right? There's everybody in that town their lives are better because they were touched by something George Bailey did. And that's the whole movie is convincing George Bailey of, of that fact. And that's something that Potter is just blind to. He has no concept that this guy has done so many good things for the community that we need to do things to help him back. And, you know, I think to me that makes him such a, a, a classic Christmas kind of villain. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and it, 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 it's funny that those ideas would have been thought to be threatening. <laughs> and even now, They're it's threatening like said, even now, now dude. Yeah. That's how. Yeah. That's literally now. I don't know. I feel like this movie came right back around. <laughs> I mean, may I even propose that he is not just a Christmas villain? He is a Hanukkah villain. He is a Kwanzaa villain. Mm. He'd definitely be a Kwanzaa villain if you know what I mean. Uh, Bedford Falls might be a sundown town. We don't know. Oh, my God. There's the white lady who's very happy to be there, but that party. I'm saving up for a divorce if I can ever find a husband. Jesus Christ. I don't even get that. I don't even get that joke. I don't even. It's a funny joke. I don't get it. It's it seems just racist somehow. It's it's like it's a safe bet. <laughs> oh, that was that was like progressive for them. 
Yeah. It's just like, that's how racist people were. Yeah, it's like the cringiest part of a Michael Bay movie was like progressive. <laughs> yeah, yeah. At that point. Oof. But yeah, uh, I think this is a, he is a villain for all holidays. Is well, thank old, you. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, I was just saying thank you, Targa. That oh, was a great I, suggestion. I have a question because, again, I've only seen this movie once and it was as an adult. So I don't remember. I'm guessing no because I, I believe this was sort of out of the. <laughs> I think that by the time this movie was made, this wouldn't have happened. But you know how, like, a lot of characters in old movies were, like, quote unquote, queer coded? So it's like, they, but yeah, they're, you never say they're gay, but kind of, Old Man Potter isn't, like, Jew coded, is he? <laughs> I mean, he's like a banker, right? <laughs> so, I mean, that's like Potter, maybe Potter's why really it came to mind. Name. It's true. It's true. I was just wondering, because I've only seen it once, and I don't remember thinking of it, but it does seem like something they would do if this movie was made like 30 years earlier. That it, you know what I mean? Like, Well, I, what uh, I was thinking was like, you know, him being in a wheelchair, if you did that correctly, it would give the character some depth. But if you do it sort of incorrectly, it's just sort of making him like, oh, he's disabled. And yeah, like weird. he's like the mean cripple. Yeah, exactly. You gotta yeah, out of town. pretty much. <laughs> pretty much. You gotta see that movie again. Uh yeah, I I I I feel like because Frank Capra was such a communist, was that you can say it? Yeah. <laughs> uh well, I mean he was what I mean for as for progressive directors for the time that was Frank Capra. Uh, so I think like he, <laughs> you know, even like we joke about like the black woman in the. Like that was progress. I was yeah, totally, hundred percent. Hey, he's not washing anyone's dishes right now. Um, so I feel like even with that, there was an eye on. Yeah. Even though, like you know, Mister, you know, uh, Old Man Potter was in a wheelchair. It's like we're not gonna. I don't think he was secretly Jewy. I was just wondering. <laughs> That's my. I mean. I gotta watch it again. I haven't. Seen I'll do a. I'll no, do a great. Google image search and I'll. Uh, well, I, 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 I think that he's very too shiny looking. He is very much so. Very much so. Oh uh, yeah! Now I kind of remember. I think. I think like. he was the inspiration for Dick Cheney. <laughs> <laughs> I'm living in the spinoff right now. <laughs> um, all right. Well, I think we're at time here, but uh, two thoughtful villains here. Two thoughtful yeah. villain gifts. So my gift, my secret Satan, is for you, Dan. Ah, process of elimination, because I know who uh, mine is. Uh, <laughs> so I figured it had to be, okay, well, let's see if I can. Uh, oh, it's, it's, it's a, big. It's a very ornate box, this one. Okay, uh, let, so, me, let me, let me uh, tear into it here. Oh! Oh, shit! I do have to say, Doug, this is a little racy. <laughs> well, I did want to get you something that kind of pairs with our last film a little bit, and it, it is a, an all-time classic. I got you an Ebenezer Scrooge. Ooh, oh, sexy! Ooh, very right. All right. Well, that thank was you my very backup much. choice. I, I have indeed. I'm glad you did it. Uh, uh, if you've listened to a book on Audible, I think it counts as reading it. So I have read A Christmas Carol, um, and I know this is fantastic. I... I uh, I really actually like that story quite a bit. Um, and Dickens was, you know, Dickens actually is funny, which is sort of impressive to me for somebody who was writing so long ago. Yeah, I think we think of him as like, oh, Dickens, he's really verbose. But 
he, if you actually read his writing, like, and this book in particular is actually pretty funny. Like, his, the way he describes things, the dialogue from Scrooge is pretty snappy. Yeah. Um, no, you know, it's, and that helps. It's funny. That's what uh, drew Kelsey Grammer to the role, I'm certain. <laughs> he was like, this reads like Frasier. I'm in. <laughs> but, by the way, another Pat, famous Patrick Stewart role. Yes, yes. One of the reasons I picked it for you in particular. Mm-hmm. So this will, let me, if I, since this is my gift, I'm, I'll bore our audience for two seconds and say that we did, uh, I did a sketch back in the day. In the 90s, uh, Patrick Stewart went around doing a, a one-man version of uh, A Christmas Carol, and he played all, so he played all the parts, he played Scrooge, he played Bob Cratchit, he played everybody in it. Uh, and we did a sketch uh, years ago where it was Patrick Stewart doing a one-man Christmas story, which is the one, you know, with Ralphie and, you know, you'll shoot your eye out. <laughs> I really wanted a red right. He's really stupid. So, <laughs> and so, yeah, Dan so I, plays Patrick Stewart. Don't I believe. play Patrick Stewart in the sketch, though. Yeah. So I, I, I think he's really, I mean, in a way, you don't get Mr. Potter without Ebenezer Scrooge. And what oh, I like about him. Show. And what I like about him as a villain is, you know, he he has a lot of really just kind of biting stuff. When if at the beginning of the story, these two uh, guys come into his business and they're collecting money for the poor uh, at Christmas time, and a couple of woke and, snowflakes show up. Yeah, and he and so they he tells them, well, we have I support the poor houses and things, and that's where they can go. And the the guys say, well. You know, some you know a lot of people can't go there, and some people would rather die than go there. And Scrooge says, "Well, they had better do it and decrease the surplus population." It's like, wow, what a line that is. Well, it, doesn't that make you think about like herd immunity shit and stuff like that? It's the same concept. I mean, it didn't until now. Jesus. So uh, I've been thinking about Christmas Carol so much in these mm. times of just uh, of how like. I don't know. I used to love, I, I still do. I love, I love the book. I love the play. I love the films. But I'm like, I don't think any of these, if that were a real reality, if that was <laughs> something we could trot out every Christmas and like the three ghosts could all be like, all right, who we got this year? I don't think anyone. Oh, no. Yeah. Is a redeemable. Not even a little. That's, well, that's what's but, amazing about Scrooge is that he changes. Well, that's, that's the thing. He's actually like, not the villain of the story. He's the protagonist of the story because he changes. He learns. and, and But what, what I think is a not so subtle critique of the super rich is that this is what it takes. It takes literally the intervention of. But I think Tarek's three... right. I don't think there's any way they would. I I don't care how many fucking ghosts you give these people. I don't believe for a second that maybe like fucking Jeff Flake would like be scared and be like, no, reform. But like, not no. I don't believe that. Any well, of here's the change. thing. I believe people can change. I don't think it's easy, and you have to want to change. And so, what's interesting is that Scrooge is. I don't know. I mean, we have to. I guess I have to believe that deep down he wanted to change, even though I don't think it's. Yeah. Because he used to be, well, isn't that the thing about Scrooge? Again, Jew, but <laughs> my memory of it is like when you see him, that's just how I announce myself. Canonically not a Jew. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm saying I'm a Jew, but oh. he is super Jew His real name was right? Speaking of Jew coding. <laughs> I was saying that I'm a Jew, so I'm not that familiar with the story, but I am also going on record saying Ebenezer Scrooge is definitely Jew coded. Now, moving on to my question. <laughs> My Jew memory of the story is that when you see the flashbacks of him, he's not like 
the worst person alive, right? It's like you see the the relationship and then she dies and then he gets all bitter and stuff. Right. But like, he's not, it, you're really led to believe like, oh, circumstances happened and then he became this total piece of shit. But he's not like, his heart's not like pure evil. So that's why he like, in some part of him wants to change is because he wasn't always like this total awful right. dude. Jew. <laughs> I just say Jew when I finish. You know, the original line, the original line was Bah Humburg. <laughs> <laughs> uh, amazing golf clap. In the- oh, yeah. I, I think a big, yeah. Uh, I you know, Fezziwig was a good man and a joyous man and a man who invited people in like, you know, Scrooge was under his employ. He was like, those are the happiest days of my life. I saw what a good man could do. On- oh, right, 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 right. His love. Like, he had a love for Christmas. So yeah. That with his first ghost. He, he's like, yeah, no, nah, I love this time. But I wanted to make that money. <laughs> yeah. I think a big part of this, the, you know, the, the, the three ghosts of um, past, present, and yet to come are, you know, get all the credit. But I think we're skipping over Jacob Marley. For Jacob Marley. Who is yeah, the, go- totally. the ghost of his business partner. And I feel like you need that ingredient because he provides the absolute certainty for Scrooge that, like, if you keep doing what you're doing, you will end up like this. And I feel like that's part of the impetus for him to change, right? It's like, if you have absolute certainty, that like, oh, you will be fucked oh, for an eternity. Point. That'll motivate you right quick. And I love the image of him that he's he's so creepy with just the chains that he's oh, yeah. carrying around. And, it's, and weird, that, it's like it's like mumps or something. What did he have? Because he's always got his head wrapped up in in he's something that like that. Yeah. But he says, you know, like uh, these chains. You know, we, for Scrooge asks him where the chains come from, and he says, you know, I forged them in life, link by link, with every rotten thing I did. And you're do, you've got a chain to Scrooge, you can't see it, but it's happening. Now here's and, what would happen yeah. now. If it happened to like Donald Trump, there would just be a tweet that'd be like, Crazy Jacob Marley says I'm gonna be a ghost. <laughs> Hashtag overturn the election. <laughs> he's, he's like flying through the Milky Way with his ghost and just like firing off tweets as he comes. So funny, dude. I to watch a, you know, just the ghost being exasperated. Yeah, just like put down your phone. Oh my god, how are you not interested in this? Yeah, he doesn't <laughs> see any of it. He's just tweeting. Yeah. <laughs> this. Is- oh shit, I'm in a grave. So the future. Funny. The future. This is not this fake news. This is not the future. Dan, do you have a, a particular like? I mean, this thing has been re- redone so many times. Is there a particular mm, yeah, version yeah, of a Christmas Carol you like? Well, you know, it's funny. It's one of those tropes, right? When because uh, a lot of shows will do a Christmas special, and a lot of times they'll they'll do a riff on this. It's kind of an easy structure to play with, and it can be done well, and it can be done in a way that's kind of hacky. Uh, a couple jump to mind. Uh, one, of course, is the movie Scrooged yes. with Bill Murray, oh, which is God. like the 1980s retelling of this, which is pretty good. I, I saw it it's not that great. long ago. Yeah, it's, so it's good. a weird one. I mean, I definitely feel like it probably. I don't think it did great, and it probably suffered from the fact that it's tonally kind of dark. I mean... I remember seeing that in the movie theaters when it came out, and I loved it as a kid. I still love it. Yeah, it's good. It's a great movie. It also came out in the 80s when we were very... Like, the 80s was about the opposite of what that movie's, you know... Yeah, seriously. 
So I, I wonder if that also at the time it was like, oh, it's Bill Murray. This is going to be a uh, hilarious romp. And uh, mm. you telling me to take care of this black family with the kid with mental issues? Uh-uh. God, that is so intense. That whole storyline is so sad. Yeah, so I think that was it. I think people went in expecting it to be like goofy Bill, like meatballs Bill Murray. And this was like, oh, no, this is more like Razor's Edge Bill Murray. <laughs> Speaking of Goofy, um, I happen to really like the Disney uh, Mickey Christmas Carol where they have Scrooge McDuck playing Scrooge. But it just struck me. I just watched it <laughs> I mean, again. That writes itself. Well, I just watched it again recently with my daughter. And I realized – so they swap in Disney characters for all of the, the different roles. Oh, that's and, kind of a different take for them. Yeah, but they have <laughs> – they have Goofy playing Jacob Marley. And I, I like the idea that like – you have you know mean old Scrooge McDuck as this like accountant, and he found that the person who you know uh, he needed to build an accountancy business based on Goofy's sound financial yeah, that's acumen. Up. <laughs> <laughs> but you're going to him for like you know, uh, you know actuarial tables and shit from Goofy. Uh, but. Question mm-hmm. <laughs> for the for the party. Um, <laughs> he's a dog, right? Yes. Oh, he's no, he's like a, a, a human Z, you know, like a human. But I mean, yeah, <laughs> the theoretical... you can ask the goofy Pluto question, the eternal. Yeah, that's well, no, I think that's what question. it is. I think I think it's I think he's the unholy hybrid of man and dog. I mean, yeah, his parent definitely somebody fucked a dog in his family <laughs> line. Like, there's no way that's not what happened. I think what's inter- interesting is that Goof Troop established that he has a dead wife. I mean, he's got the richest, deepest backstory. Yeah, that's Disney, insane. Disney I thought character. that was a bit when I read that on Twitter, but I didn't realize yeah, that. He's was a like, widower. Shit. Yeah, that's the most fucked up. Because then you also have to imagine him having sex. Like, it's just awful all the way yeah. around. You know, you know what he sounds like when he comes, right? Oh, no. Yeah! All right. Was that worth it, Dan? You feel good about that? Link by link, Dan. Link by link, you forged that chain. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Bit by bit, you formed these chains. Um, uh, Sorry, uh, Tarek, so that was your question. Yes. It was my question, and it was uh, beautifully answered. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah, well, thank, uh, thank you for asking. Uh, so the other one that I think Tarek and Doug will appreciate, I may, Lauren might not be as familiar with, was the real <laughs> Ghostbusters episode in which they travel <laughs> back in time not familiar with this show. and capture the ghosts so that Scrooge, Scrooge does not have his epiphany. And then when they come back to, you know, 1986 <gasps> or wherever Ooh, they are, that's there's, no, there's no Christmas, like, because, like, Scrooge somehow had, had abolished, had led to the, I like, not... Yeah, it wasn't created or it was, you know, they do wiped it back out to the or whatever. Future too. So then they have to go back, and for some reason, because the ghosts are unavailable or they're trapped in the, I think they're in the containment unit. They can't get them out. They have to be the ghosts. They have to go back and do the whole spiel for Scrooge. It's actually a pretty great episode. It's a great episode. That sounds amazing. Highly recommend it. Yeah, when they do the like uh, showing him scenes from his past, I think they literally have like a, a kid's viewfinder. That they like strapped to his face and they like go through the, the images. It's such a brilliant, uh, fucking love that cartoon. It's a great cartoon. So that that's a notable one. And I'm, I actually, 
don't really remember this one or I haven't seen it, so don't get mad at me, but I, uh, people have a fondness for The Muppet Christmas Carol, I think. That's the one I'm more familiar with. Not because I saw it as a kid, because like, I was not allowed to see Christmas movies. Doug, I don't know if this was a thing. Not not like not, not allowed, but like we were not a family that like, like we're Jewish, but we have a Christmas tree and we watch Christmas. Like, no, we were like the family that was like, that was like actively discouraged in wow. my home. So I saw all these things as adults and Muppet Christmas, Muppet Christmas Carol, I saw maybe like only like two or three years ago. So that I'm pretty familiar with only because I've seen it fairly recently for the first time. It's with Michael Caine. Weird. Yeah, it's an acid trip. I know everyone has this attachment to it because y'all saw it as kids, but let me tell you, that movie is weird as fuck if you see it as an adult for the first time. Uh, so very weird. It's so weird. I'm very partial to the Alice Jusin Christmas Carol. Which one? Wait, what is that? Alice Jusin. It's from the, uh, it was made in. Uh, I think the 50s, right? Oh. 40s. Okay. Yeah, that's a that's considered like one of the all-time classic versions of it, for sure. He's my favorite only because you know I, he's I you know for me it's all about that switch for when Scrooge changes the epiphany and it's a very hard thing for I've seen a lot of actors do it and it can be and <laughs> a lot of actors do the no I'm different see yeah you know, like <laughs> you're just this is an act but to really embody the no this was a my DNA is shifted. Mm. actors who can do that that's a good point i mean that's a really hard thing to convey in a way that doesn't feel like oh he's just tomorrow he's going to be a jerk again right (laughs) i mean that's always the you know the book kind of ends on the question marks is this guy really changed or was he just scared to death and yeah i'll take care of this family and i'm doing all this good stuff and i know they have the line of like and he every christmas he was the greatest but Oh, okay. But the rest of the year, he was a total ass. <laughs> total asshole. He then, you know, cuts to him and like, Easter, I hate Easter. That was the understanding. <laughs> that was Scrooge's misunderstanding was he thought he was, he just had to be reformed for one day a year. And even that was like an arduous journey to get him. <laughs> I, no, I see what everyone's talking about. This is so hard. We're <laughs> <laughs> sold that one. Happy Quantum, Mrs. <laughs> <laughs> you know that. <laughs> now that you have to, you have to produce. Derek, you have to produce like the sequel where he learns the secret of Kwanzaa. <laughs> <laughs> it's done. Uh, well, uh, yeah, I think I think those are, are the ones that I remember. Uh, but it is a you know, it's if you haven't actually spent any time with a Christmas Carol, dear listener, uh, do it. It's really good. You can listen to it. I think the one that I heard on Audible was narrated by Tim Curry. Which oh, is pretty great. Amazing. Um, yeah, it's you can get it for free pretty much anywhere. I think it's I think it's you know royalty free at this point. So definitely worth checking out if you have some time during quarantine, and I know you do. Um, <laughs> I think you'll be glad you did. So it's a, it's a great story. Um, and I think it's my turn to oh, give uh, my present to. Oh no! Oh gosh, who is it? Is it Tarek? Is it Di- no? It's Oh, no. Secret Satan present. There it is. All right. Let me get it. Ooh, I wonder what's inside. Put on the table. Here I am unwrapping. And what the... Is this a fucking joke? (laughs) (laughs) Look, I know you're upset. I know you're a little upset because... How dare you? (laughs) 
<laughs> when you were younger, you asked your parents for the Castle Grayskull toy, and instead they gave you the She-Ra Castle. This is true. This is Flan's canon happening right now. So um, I got you the next best thing, and I got you Skeletor <gasps> from the He-Man She-Ra Christmas special. Oh my god! In 1985. Is there real? Oh my god! This is actually a great gift. <laughs> Um, I did not know there was a He-Man She-Ra Christmas special, which of you can course watch I it right now I on YouTube. Explain that my parents actively discouraged me <laughs> having any knowledge of Christmas stuff. Huge He-Man fan. Um, speaking of queer-coded characters, Skeletor, gay as the day is long. <laughs> wow, campy motherfucker. He is. He is a vicious queen. There is no question. <laughs> <laughs> Um, this is great. So now do I, I said I was going to talk nonstop through my present, but well, I don't, however you want, is, I did a, I did a little research because please, I was sort of, this is old in my memory bank. Well, I was surprised by how much I didn't know offhand about <laughs> Skeletor for, for someone who enjoyed the masters of the universe cartoon as a kid, mm-hmm. um, further surprised to know there, there wasn't that much to know. <laughs> <laughs> but but I I, I want to I'll lay a little bit of a of a of a base for our audience and and, and for you Lauren um and and then I should at some point talk a little bit about the special itself which I did rewatch yeah oh my god in, in preparation for the, the podcast because when you think about it it's a little bit of a challenge to write a Christmas special on like the planet of Eternia that as far as I know does not have is a non-denominated you know, uh, yeah like they've moved <laughs> past religion <laughs> yeah, yeah right they've evolved not uh, they still wear fuzzy underwear but they've evolved past religion i guess um but uh, skeletor so you know the thing about the the, all the the masters of the universe because that was really what it was it wasn't he man it was the masters of the universe originally they wanted to call it the lords of power by the way but that sounded too religious super weird so it you know was mattel and they started this was like the classic example of starting with the merchandising and working your way back. <gasps> really? Yeah, so they had the toys, and then they had to come up with a reason for what? the kids to buy the toys. Uh, and what was interesting was they had passed, Mattel had passed up the opportunity to get the Star Wars franchise. <laughs> they chose to not go that way. Oh. So Kenner, you know, basically ran around the block making money off of those things. They had been kicking around this idea for trying to figure out what the next big toy could be since like the late 70s. Uh, then, you know, the 80s rolled around and they basically, yeah, they, they came up with this like kind of Conan the Barbarian looking guy. Uh-huh. I think it was, it was like Roger Sweet, I think was the guy. I, was, I, just, I don't want to act like I know this stuff. I just read about this. But I think he came up with it. He, he gave them a few options. It was a guy with like the head of a tank. It was a guy no. that looked like, like a Terrible. Boba Fett spaceman. And then it was like this barbarian figure. And, you know, I always love it. There's some CEO somewhere like, yeah, go with that guy. Yeah, he looks, he's got a big sword. He's going to be the one. My wife the- likes him. <laughs> <laughs> Kids so, yeah, want to fuck him. He like has no idea how kids work. <laughs> I want a toy that kids are gonna want to fuck. Figure it out. <laughs> uh, so so anyway, so they went with that, and then they had they they had like comics, little mini comics in stores that were supposed to kind of lay out the backstory, but they were like kids, you know, five year olds aren't gonna want to read. <laughs> Yeah, so I don't want to read now. Like, why would a five-year-old want to fucking read? So then they, they ended up making the cartoon that we're so familiar with. But the cartoon was really a half-hour, like, commercial for the toys. Well, it was a great commercial then. I loved that cartoon. I thought it was so good. And so what's Skeletor's backstory? He's a 
the skeleton. <laughs> well, first of all, his name is Skeletor because he looks like a skeleton. <laughs> okay. uh, well, so, you know, there's these different incarnations. At predating the Filmation cartoon were these little comics, um, which had a slightly different take. And then the cartoon, which I considered, you know, I think we all kind of consider to be the, the canon and not like, then they came back in the 2000s and stuff. They, they, they sort of read, they always try to, as we've that. talked about many times in this podcast, they always try to make someone's backstory more elaborate. His deal, one of the things that's always been consistent about Skeletor is that he's actually from another dimension. Oh, no. That's sad. I don't know yeah. that. Is it? If, well, that's why he's... That's this dimension's kind of shitty. I don't know. Well, but my... I feel like that gives a... Re- it's like, that's why he's such an asshole. It's like, oh, no, you're in the wrong dimension. I bet, like, all his friends are... All of his <laughs> well, gay so friends in the original, are back in the gay skeleton dimension. You're not far off. In the original yeah. comic books before the cartoon, that was sort of the storyline. He wanted to open up a rift to get the rest of his gay skeleton friends. Aww. To come in and take See? over the planet of Eternia, which of course is where well, all right, whatever. <laughs> can we can we just talk uh, for a moment about how buff Skeletor? Yeah, seriously, uh, does not miss leg day. <laughs> leg day, like is that though? Wait, if they made the toys first, is that just so they only had to do one mold? And, I think like, Skeletor so. I think He Man. I think if we were to look at He Man and Skeletor's physiques, there would be a lot <laughs> of exactly veins in the, the same, same place. <laughs> I think it's a you know uh, you know I I frequented the gym a lot. I think it's a I think He Man Masters of the Universe is an unrequited love story. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's the sexual tension between He-Man and Skeletor is undeniable. I, I do think, I think those cartoons, you know, watching the, the Christmas special again, I was like, this has to be responsible for a lot of, like, gay awakenings. Like, <laughs> this thing. I mean, not only is it is it super buff, and everyone is, like, super buff, but but it's, I don't know, there's just something really fabulous about all of it. You yeah. know, Adam, He-Man's alter ego, Adam, wears, like, a purple vest. Yeah, and Skeletor is purple. Yeah. Well, everything is meant to make people gay. I'm spilling all the secrets right now, but all (gasps) media is meant to turn you guys who aren't gay gay. And I I was obviously, I was a bigger She-Ra fan than I was a He-Man fan, but I wanted the Grayskull castle because, like, it's so much cooler than her stupid castle. But I was in love with the sorceress. She was one of my super, super early crushes. So that made me gay. Evil Lynn, yeah. Yeah. Well, no, she's no, she's hot. talking about Evil Lynn is Skeletor's. Oh, yeah, no, no, uh, no. The sorceress like, and she are the one who is like half bird. That's why I fuck birds. <laughs> yeah, she's got the bird, the bird hat or whatever. Yeah. She was hot, though. She had a sexy voice. That's how I found out I was an orco sexual. Uh, Orko is definitely an asexual icon. <laughs> He's an asexual icon, yeah. yeah. Uh, um, I'm cu- so I'm cu- wait, well, just, really quickly, just just a couple of other base things you should know oh, about shit. Skeletor. Okay. He's a very powerful sorcerer. Mm-hmm. Um, he. Do you remember Lauren as a Shira fan? And not to put you on the spot, but do you oh, remember boy. the name of her main bad guy? No, I just remember Bo, who was her gay best friend, and Loki. Yeah, he's, he's definitely her gay best friend. All right, Tarek is, Tarek is signaling. I think he might have the answer. Yeah, yes. You can say it, Tarek. He's spelling it out. Hordak. Yeah, so there's there's basically a Skeletor equivalent. I literally equivalent. have no memory of this character. <laughs> yeah, not Horshack, but Hordak. I have a great memory of Horshack. Wait, who was this? Why don't I remember this character? She fought so, some guy named Hordak. So she, yeah, her bad, her bad guy Holy was Hordak, shit. and I guess Hordak weirdly was uh, Skeletor's superior in the Evil Horde, 
which was their oh, group. And then above nuts. them, which I didn't, I, like, I don't remember any of this stuff, but I was watching the Christmas special. There was actually a guy above them, and his name was Horde Prime. And he's like okay, this unseen, that's just lazy. bad, yeah, I know, Hordak and Horde Prime. It gets very confusing. And so they've got, They've got a guy above them. So anyway, that's that's what you need. One other thing you should know about Skeletor is that as his backstory kind of evolved over time, they strongly implied, uh, though never confirmed, I should note, oh, uh, no. so we don't get any angry letters, that he's actually uh, He-Man's uncle. Oh, that's so insane. What? Okay, first of all, we learned that he's from a fucking different dimension. How the way they the way they reconciled that in the later no. comics was that he was he was trying to increase his his power and and he got thrown into another dimension. And then listen, when he came back, we were he was literally skeletal. just talking about the sexual tension between them. So I absolutely do not accept that reading that he's his uncle. That's well, it was never insane. it was never confirmed. It was never confirmed. <laughs> I'm but curious his, now. His human Dan. name was Keldor, which sounds a lot like Skeletor. Mm. Mm-hmm. I want to know more about this Christmas special specifically. Yeah, okay. like, let, let's hit the Christmas stuff. And how so, Jesus enters into the story. So like we open right. on Eternia, <laughs> and they're gearing up for the the uh, birthday of the twins, uh, Adora and Adam, She-Ra okay. and He-Man, respectively. Oh my God, so they're set up to be Jesus. That's fucked up. Go on. <laughs> Well, what ends up happening, it's a lot of MacGuffins. It's like MacGuffins on MacGuffins. But what ends up happening is Orko, because he's a fuck up, uh, accidentally gets transported to Earth. And then when they bring Orko back, he takes with him a couple of kids, a couple of human (laughs) Earth children. Um, But right before they bring them back, uh, they're, they're explaining to Orko. The what Christmas is because he doesn't know what Christmas is. He's from uh-huh. you know Eternia, and there's some real uh, clever editing where they get, they never mention Jesus. <laughs> they like, walk right up to the line and then cut away, and then when they cut back, like and that's what Christmas. Is. <laughs> that's so they're like the wise men in Bethlehem, and then cut to oh, where are those kids? <laughs> it's really kind of funny. So they never actually talk about Jesus. They do talk about Santa and all that other stuff, and they, they uh-huh. talk about the star. It would introduce a lot of interesting philosophical questions for kids of like so he-man you're saying he-man's the most powerful person in the universe oh yeah that's a great point yeah can eternians be saved if they don't if they've never been baptized <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's it's a it's a lot to try to do so look long Maybe, like he-man jesus figures for kids right that were really religious oh like super are you being jesus? serious i had family members like they weren't that were so religious they couldn't watch like Stuff like I would I watch you man Thundercats all that stuff. Yes, yes. Mm, Thundercats. You know, it'd be that horrible thing for holidays and having to visit a cousin and you know, being forced to play with a cousin and like, hey, what toys do you have? And they had like Veggie Tales or whatever. Yeah, it's like, uh, here's you know, here's Jonah. Like oh. <laughs> oh. I don't wanna play with Jonah. You don't even have the whale. You just have Jonah. (laughs) We can't even play with him. Oh. I don't want to play with Jonah. Like, yeah, it was just like, it's Daniel. I don't want to play with Oh, God. (laughs) They all look very similar, you know? Yeah, it's like, I guess I can pretend this is He-Man, but like. Yeah, that's a bummer. But they were like buff dudes in robes. Samson would be He-Man. That's the closest mapping you get. Samson? For sure, yeah. Samson would be dope. Um, 
So, uh, you look, the, I, I thought maybe I'd come in and talk about the plot of it, but as I watched it, I realized it's not that important. There's a lot of, like, we've got to get the water crystal, uh, but the beast monster is protecting it. You know, that's m- the most of the runtime. What is Beast sli- Man, okay? He's not just a beast No, there's monster. something called the Beast Monster. No, and then kidding. there's a snow... Then there's later, there's a snow beast. I mean, they, these guys were definitely taking an early lunch. Um, <laughs> so, anyway... So what's interesting is that the the big bad guy Horde Prime is sort of sets up a, a competition between his underlings because like Trump, you know, he really believes that the the way to get the best work out of people is to you know set them against each other. Uh-huh. So Hordak and Skeletor are like competing to get the kids because if Christmas comes to Eternia, it's a threat to the evil guy or whatever. Mm-hmm. So it all basically culminates in the highlight, the climax, if you will, of the special in which Skeletor gets the kids. His space scooter or hover scooter or whatever crashes. So they're in the snow. So they've got, he's trying to walk them back to the, the bad lair. So it's Skeletor and these two kids in the snow. And it's pretty hilarious, the dialogue. Like he immediately is like, oh, fine, I'll get, you know, he magically gives them a couple of parkas so they're not cold. Oh, he <laughs> gets like, the Scrooge treatment. He kind of does. And they're, they're trying, and they're explaining Christmas to him. And he's like, Ugh. they're like, and you get presents. And he's like, do they explode? Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, and the best and the best line is is at some point He-Man says to him, it's like Christmas, you know, you you do things for people so you can feel good. And he's like, I don't like feeling good. I like feeling evil. <laughs> um, so it really softens up Skeletor. And Aww. and uh, that's so that's really what the Christmas special is um, in, in a nutshell. And, and the kids come home and they've been missing, by the way, it's established. They've been gone for days. And that's their parents are up in the totally 80s. That was like it. a big thing that was happening. So yeah. a little weird to have a movie where like the central theme is oh no these kids got kidnapped and they're missing for days it's like that's dateline. that's what they said they like it'll take doing? a few days to get you home and then they come home and their parents are like we wondered where you were like it's very <laughs> very glossed over very stranger things yeah very much so yeah <laughs> we were trapped in a refrigerator no if, if it's if it's okay i'd like to give uh lauren oh <gasps> Oh my god, I get two presents. Oh yeah, sure. Well, this is an adjacent to Dan's gift. Oh shit. It's the compa- is it the whale? <laughs> what do I get? It's Frank Langella. Oh! Of course they Did do. he do the voice? No. He's in the oh, live okay. action movie. Oh, okay. I was like, that's something I didn't know. Wait, I don't think I've ever seen the live action movie. And that's the gift. Is that I haven't seen it. <laughs> Wait, how have I not seen it though? Because is Shira in the live action movie? No, Shira is not. Oh, that's why I'm like, that's why I've never seen but it. But Frank Langella has <laughs> gone on record to say it's his favorite role ever. <gasps> he said it's his favorite? I feel like I want to see it. Choose up every scene. What's What's the year on this movie? 1987. Are there any other famouses in it? Dolph Lundgren. Lundgren. <gasps> Courtney Cox. Does he suck though? Courtney Cox is in it. Who does she play? How have I not seen this? Uh, yeah, I don't know how you haven't seen it. Who plays? Who was his friend? Something with a T, like Teela or something. Uh, Oh wow! Played by. That's right. uh, She wasn't Bruce Willis's wife in Die Hard. She was Bruce Willis's wife in the last act, uh, last Boy Scout. Oh, I have. Oh, really? Okay, wow. Um, and Man at Arms. Who, uh, who looks like Freddie Mercury already. I mean, look, there's a lot going on. <laughs> uh, well, personal link to that film, the screenwriter of that movie is one David O'Dell, the father of my high school buddy, Tom O'Dell. Holy shit. So that's uh, if, you know, that's 
for the Christmas break, Lauren Flans. Oh, I know. Seriously. No, I'm glad you brought that up, Tara, because I actually was, I wanted to mention, I, I, it, I was forgetting to. But yeah, Frank Langella as Skeletor is literally the good thing about that movie. The only good wow. thing. I'm, now I'm really curious to see it. I might pick it for a movie night. Sorry. I, I, I'm down to do it. I did watch a clip in preparation, and what I thought was sort of funny was wow, the makeup's pretty research. good. But you know, they have to, there's a challenge in making a person look like a skeleton, and you know, with uh, the- yeah, because <laughs> we're literally skeletons covered with other things. Thank you. We're bone <laughs> monsters, really. Uh, and and his his sort of nasal cavity is just black fabric, very clearly. Aww. Like it, you can't hide that. I mean, that's what it is, and you just kind of accept that that's part of his face. Yeah, I keep the expectations low, and you'll enjoy it. Oh, they'll well, be they'll be very low. One other tidbit I know about that movie is that you know they were like over budget or whatever. What was the name? You you would might know this, Tarek. What's the company that was it? Canon Films that made it. I believe so. Out of yeah, Canon Films is now yeah they no longer exist. Yeah, did a lot of they did a lot of like schlocky sword and sandal like stuff. I think if I'm if I'm correct, they they did a lot of schlocky everything. <laughs> Yeah, they did. Um, let me see what if I can find out. Well, while you're looking that up, I just wanted to say so. There's this climactic sword fight at the end with mm-hmm. He-Man and Skeletor, and mm-hmm. what had happened was they actually ran like the like the crew left, I think, or something. Like I think that was the deal. Like the light, they didn't have the lights and everything, and the director just shot it in like blackness with like minimal lighting, and it's super cool. Oh, that's so dope! I can't believe the crew. That means that, that they did not like the director. Like, if a crew is like, "Nope, it's time, we're out of here," it's <laughs> yeah. like, "Oh, oh no!" <laughs> yeah, like their sword. It's it's cool editing. If I recall, their swords like hit, and then all of a sudden, just inexplicably, they're transported to this like nether space where they fight. Yeah, no, they definitely, definitely didn't like Cannon, uh, who also did Ninja, Ninja Two, Ninja Three, mm-hmm. and Ninja uh, Delta Force. Ah, yes. Break In, Break In 2, Electric Boogaloo, which are legit good films. Oh, shit. The Last American Virgin. Oh, wait, kids. Hercules, my favorite, Life Force. I love that movie. I've never seen Life Force. I gotta see that. You gotta do yourself a favor. It's comes up a lot. It's the weirdest shit you'll ever see. Wait, is this <laughs> canon like the camera company? Canon? <laughs> no. They used to just do a bunch of ISA. They do a, a bunch of just bad movies. But they're not affiliated with the cam- the camera people. No. 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 Okay. Interesting. But yeah, they sure, just have a very sure. specific kind of look. Like you kind of know when you're watching one. Mm. Like, um, a, like porn. Yeah, I'll know it when I see it. Exactly. You know when you're watching a porn. Because <laughs> they fuck it. All right. Uh, well, anyway, uh, I hope you like it, Lauren. I, 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 as I said, oh, I, I like I, it. I tried to find a Hanukkah villain. And I no, this is fun. what I was saying. This is, we yeah. don't know. It's not fun. It's not like, the, look, Jews tried real hard to make it a fun holiday. Bless our hearts. But it's not. It's, just, it ain't, it's not really there. <laughs> it was uh, never no. meant to be. We're running up on time, but really quickly, Lauren, I did want to ask you, you know, I can't do this because this is your area of expertise, but you watch so many of these. You, I mean, this is Flansmas. This happens oh, I every sure year, do. Hashtag Flansmas. Just... Ooh, I do want to plug that. I'll we'll plug, sure it, at plug it again. Yeah, hashtag but, yeah. So, so, uh, so for those that don't know, Lauren, every Christmas watches like every single one of these straight to streaming Christmas movies, of which mm-hmm. there are literally thousands. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted to ask you, is there a standout villain from one of those that you oh can God, think of? Oh my God, that's a great Or question. just pick one. I'm just going to guess Treat Williams. 
<laughs> I love that you think that any. Well, oh, I, I was about to be like, like no names are in these movies, but I did watch a movie, the a Christmas movie the other day that Virginia Madsen was in, and I was like, this mm. is appalling. Why are you doing this? Um, the thing about those movies is that most of the villains, a lot of the time, it's like they they either get kind of reformed or the villain is just like the shitty rich fiance who she ultimately leaves but rarely is it like a really just pure evil person (laughs) i will say my favorite of all the shitty christmas movies uh is called the spirit of christmas and it's of course a woman falls in love with a ghost um and i guess there is kind of even he gets reformed but it's like yeah i mean someone fucking killed this guy and that's why he's a ghost it's you guys it's the best movie and the dude looks like he has like a he has a faux hawk but he supposedly died in the 1800s it's an amazing movie um but we do through flashbacks it's called spirit of christmas it is i think it's still on netflix um it is my favorite of the shitty christmas movies and through it's also kind of a mystery because you're like who killed this guy how'd he become a ghost and then you ultimately you know you find out who killed him but even that guy gets like kind of reformed where he's like sorry that he killed him or there's all right i won't kill any more people so yeah you're you're hard up to come by a real villain Fair enough. Fair enough. But still, that yielded uh, a hot recommendation. So, uh, well, I think that uh, that's about all the time we have for. Oh, we got to do the. I'm sorry, Doug had a great idea. We're gonna do a battle royale. A battle royale. Yeah. So this is this is this is a fight between Hans Gruber. We know who it is, you guys. (laughs) I don't know about that. It's Hans Gruber versus. Sorry, I want to make sure I remember all them. Hans Gruber, Skeletor, Mister Potter. And, and, uh, and Scrooge. And Scrooge. Ebenezer Scrooge. Fight. <laughs> oh my god. You nerd. I mean, look. I I know what you're gonna say. You're gonna be like, ah, or I feel like you're gonna be like, I don't know, I feel like Hans Gruber's a but like Skeletor just fucking kills everybody immediately. He's Skeletor! Now, here's the thing about Skeletor that I think is <laughs> worth noting. He's a sorcerer! And I would say this contrasts with Cobra Commander, who is <laughs> very thematically similar to him. But I would argue that Cobra Commander is fairly incompetent. Skeletor is sort of cursed with incompetent uh, yeah. Un- underlings. Yeah, 100%. He Skeletor himself is, super is fairly competent. competent. Yeah. But he doesn't, I don't know. You think Hans? It's you think and it's about the joy? Like he doesn't. He doesn't enjoy doing the work. And I'm putting <laughs> dude that's gonna enjoy like. He's the only competition. Hans Gruber is the only logical competition. Yeah, like, Mr. Potter Scrooge and Scrooge. Potter. They're frail old men. Like they're just not gonna. Old men. They're not gonna be able yeah, to do they're anything. Done. They immediately die. <laughs> Well, who goes to make it slightly interesting? Can we have a side pot of who goes first? Ah, Mr. Potter's oh, in a fucking wheelchair. I'm going to say Mr. Potter because, according to Dickens, Scrooge has one superpower, which is that he says he's like impervious to heat or cold. Oh, so that's something. What? You're yeah. really taking that very literally, Doug. <laughs> like, what Skeletor else have I got? Like he's got some ghosts. <laughs> <laughs> from his staff and, and it's just like mm, not I do it. look I will concede that if Hans Gruber could like out clever Skeletor like if Skeletor does like a bad guy monologue instead of immediately just killing him then I do think Hans yeah I think Hans Gruber could probably like outwit him 
Yeah, Skyler's going to be like, who are you? And he's like, ah, Bill Clay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, God, you're one of them. I know. Bow, 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 bow. <laughs> okay, I'll Wait give a minute, you if, you shoot, but, if you shoot Skeletor, <laughs> does it... But with a gun? Like... <laughs> But Can you kill skeleton. Skeletor with a gun? I don't just, I don't, he's a skeleton. He's a skeleton here. This is all beef. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, okay. It's I, like unprotected. He Hans shot Gruber, me in the Hans dick. Gruber is conceivable, could conceivably be the winner. Um, you know, Skeletor is a, is a GIF uh, hero, a meme. You know, he's got Ugh, that great one where. GIF. I can't. It's GIF. I cannot let that go. It's GIF. I don't the care. Guy what the, says. It says, the guy who invented it says, we own it now. We own it now, and it's GIF. Go on. Anyway, it sounds too much like GIFT, and we're, it's Christmas. It's very confusing. Uh, anyway, there, he's got that great one with the mirror, right? Have you seen that where he, 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 goes, he leaves through a magic mirror, but his arm comes back and smashes the mirror. And no, that's goes, amazing! But then somehow goes back into this non-existent mirror that he just smashed. Um, so I just want, I want to say that that's a power of his. <laughs> Uh, I, I, uh, look, if it's about brains, it's, it's Gruber for sure. If it's about sheer power, I, I do think Skeletor is more powerful. If he would just do it quickly, but you're right, he'd probably launch into some, like, I mean, he can't help it. He's campy. He's also kind of coded to lose the same way, like, Cobra Commander is, right? That, like, oh. every episode ends with, like, you fools! <laughs> you know, that's ha- that has to happen. Yeah. He goes yeah. in kind of expecting to lose, you know? Well, there's the problem. He needs, like, to listen to Brene Brown or whatever, and then he could win. (laughs) Daring greatly. Yeah, I'll give this a try. (laughs) If it's Franklin Jealous Skeletor versus... Oh! Oh! Oh, I like it. You're going to epic rap battles this and have, like, another version tag in. (laughs) 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 Uh, Yeah, I agree. I think that's that's basically the answer. If it's all things being equal... It's 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 Hans Gruber, but if you're gonna put the Frank Langella Skeletor in, he fucking is gonna dominate. And mm. I would argue because there is a Lauren loves these, and I'm gonna I'm gonna spoil it, but there is a post credit sequence uh, <gasps> after Master of the I Universe. love a post credit sequence. Yeah, where it, it is heavily implied that you have to you gotta you have to watch. Yeah, well, anyway, you the, you know what it is. It sets up a sequel. So did uh, the sequel our, ever happen? No. <laughs> no, that's a bummer. <laughs> no, it didn't. Okay. Uh, okay, so this will be kind of, kind of. Uh, 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 there's two winners here. It's either Hans Gruber or f- specifically Frank Langell Skeletor. <laughs> winner is you. What, what, what was that? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, thanks so much for joining us uh, uh, for our holiday party. This has been a lot of fun. What yeah, a blast. We- Sorry to all the other guests who have just been super bored this whole time. <laughs> <laughs> it's a pleasure. Thanks for having me. It's fun talking to y'all. Yeah. Uh, do you guys have uh, any anything coming up? Any plans for the holidays? Uh, we're in a pandemic. So as a responsible citizen, my plans are to stay at home and to wear a mask when I leave my home. Very nice. Thank you. Very responsible. <laughs> Same Z's. Um, I am uh, staying here in the Brooklyn and I'll be Zooming with family and Zooming with friends and working but that's about it uh wear a mask everybody and uh tomorrow as we're recording this is the first night of hanukkah so i'll be lighting some candles with the little ones oh very nice yeah don't tell them that i said that it's a shitty holiday they'll find that out when they're older they'll they'll learn just like every jew they'll realize like oh this is 
This is dumb. <laughs> we put up lights in the front of the house this year to try and marry it up for them. Okay. So, yeah. Okay. Uh, and even though we're heading into the holiday break, the Amber Ruffin show does return this week, right? <laughs> on And you can see that on Peacock, and you can see Tarek and uh, Amber uh, in every episode. It's basically them, which is great. When does this come out? When is this coming? This oh, that's a good question. I, I I'm gonna next week. I think we obviously got to get it up before the 25th. So I'd say Hells next week. Yeah, you do. I can say this and not get in trouble. We got confirmed for season two. <gasps> hey! Hey! Congratulations! Holy shit, that's huge. Be announcing that tomorrow. <laughs> so I think. I- oh yeah, it'll. Oh my god. It definitely isn't coming out before tomorrow. That would that would be quite a feat. Well, fantastic! Congratulations. That's awesome. I, that's I'm thinking. Well, you know, fingers crossed that you guys will have a live audience. For that second season. Oh, God. I, I truly hope so. Or third season. Let's say third season. Yeah. We're having a blast right now. Uh, we're we're both, you know, I'm very proud of Amber. Um, Hells yeah. Just support, you know. Um, it's such a feat that that you guys are doing that show. It's, it's so on just the two of you. And to watch your dynamic is so great. You know, it's so much fun. Uh, we're just... You're saving Christmas. Oh, oh, that's very sweet. Uh, yeah, I hope we have an audience soon, and I hope this pandemic ends, and I hope you can come to the East Coast so I can hug. Oh, well, that Hi. sounds great. It's a date. Thank you. I don't. <laughs> we'll have to make that happen. And uh, one more time, uh, hashtag Flansmas. Yeah, uh, on I, so if you follow me on Twitter, it's at Lauren Flans, and um, and I do this. Up through New Year's Day. So <laughs> regardless of when this episode drops, I, I will be live tweeting shitty Christmas movies. It is my passion. I always lose followers when I do it. I do not care. I think this is important work. Hashtag Flansmas, F-L-A-N-S-M-A-S, at Lauren Flans on Twitter. Uh, uh, terrific. And, uh, you know, I think I can do this pretty quickly because I don't think we have any serious admin, right, Doug? So if you, you want to reach out to us, we're going to be, this is the end of our first season, really, or we've kind of already ended it. This is a special. So we'll, we'll be back in, in, in a little while. But if you want to reach out to us, we're on Twitter at podcast, but evil. Um, and if you want to leave us a review or just click a rating on Apple Podcasts, we really appreciate it. Uh, that would be a lovely Christmas gift this year if you'd like to leave that for us. Uh, but otherwise, I think that is everything. Thank you one more time for joining us. This was so much fun, guys. You this really was this fun. Yeah. yeah, raise your glass of, uh, of Christmas beverage, whether mm. it be wassail <laughs> or eggnog uh, or whatever. And uh, gentlemen, to evil. To evil. To evil. To evil.